Alrighty now, hello and welcome to the Salem Station Podcast, the show where we rank and review all of your favorite horror movies. I'm your co-host, Robert. It's me, Ia boy. That's our boy, Alex. And today, uh, we are doing another Witching Hour episode. What is that, you ask? That's an episode where we tackle an entire franchise. Um, we've done this. This is our sixth one. We've done this to Saw, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Evil Dead, and The Strangers. We're now doing The Conjuring Universe. Not just the mainline Conjuring movies, but this includes the Annabelle movies, the Nun movie, and Curse of La Llorona, and whatever else belongs in that universe. And the, re- the reason why we decided to do this uh, is because we're doing this in anticipation, whatever anticipation we have, because I'm not that excited for it, but um, in anticipation of The Nun 2, which comes out in about a week or two. Um, so I'll be, I will, I'll be there uh, to watch that one. You excited for that? Perhaps. Uh, Alex and I, before recording, um, we kind of had a little discussion as to how to approach uh, going over and covering this entire franchise. Whether maybe we, we go- did, maybe we didn't. Uh, whether whether we discussed this, well, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it wasn't that long of a discussion, but um, whether we cover them in order of release. Or whether we cover them in chronological order, because uh, these kind of jump around um, in terms of when they take place. But we decided just to make it easy, not to make it convoluted and a little crazy, just to go by order of release. That way we don't have like a repeat of the Saw movies where I'm trying to connect everything. Um, let's just let's just go as they came out. Alrighty, so. Uh, the Conjuring movie, the first one, the one that kicked it off, directed by James Wan. Alex, before you watched this, or, or did you watch this when it came out, or did you watch this like way later? I watched it way later. So by the time you watched it, I mean, did you hear like good things about it? Did you hear things about like it being scary? What What, what were your yeah, expectations? I heard it was scary. Yeah, yeah, I heard it was scary. Honestly. I didn't, I, it was when I first started watching horror movies, so I didn't have much of an opinion. So this is a James Wan movie. Uh, James Wan, of course, having directed the first Saw movie and the first two Insidious movies. So he, he's he's proven himself to be a great horror director. And he came out with The Conjuring, 2013. And um, I'd say... I'd say it's better than uh than Insidious. I do think uh, so. I same like you. I did watch it uh years years later. I don't know why I never watched it like around the time it came out. Cause I mean I liked horror as a kid and 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 me twenty thirteen. I'm not really a kid by then, but like I liked horror then and I did watch some horror movies coming out like especially like the ones that were coming out in high school. But I don't know why I just never watched the Conjuring movies. Probably just cause like. I don't know. I really don't have a reason why, but I I, I have a good story to accompany this, uh, and you know it very well. Uh, the first time I watched this, I was scared because of the movie itself, but also because of external circumstances. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you remember this well, Alex. This was like we. Uh, this was like the first or second year of being in our architecture school. 
I just it was this was kind of like a night-ish, you know, uh, and I decided to watch. I, I always like watch or put something on whenever I'm working on a project, you know, doing drawings or working on a model. And I decided, you know what, I'm just finally going to give The Conjuring a watch. And at some point, I think we were going to go somewhere. And I was like, okay, guys, let me pause the movie and let me go to the restroom really quickly. <laughs> and then I go to the restroom and I think I'd reached the part where like, there was like like the movie was full of jump scares already or whatever you know like it was it was i, I was kind of spooked by the movie i'll admit and while i'm in the restroom we live in california for those who don't know um uh there was an earthquake and it was, yeah. it, was it was a good one too yeah it was a, it was a pretty sizable one too now our, the restrooms in our school facility in the particular building we were in they're not that well lit. They have a light bulb that like, you know, dims every now and then. And so when that earthquake hit, after I was just watching a movie about, you know, a house whose doors open and close and, you know, shit falls off the walls. When I felt the 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 whole world around me shake, I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Uh, you came out so fucking sweaty with the maze <laughs> yeah I came out so scared dude I was like yo did I, I had to ask you guys did anyone else feel that to reassure that you know something wasn't up with you know me or or whatever and, um, and we, we weren't even trying to fuck with them we just didn't understand for a second and we were all like what are you talking about <laughs> and, and to be fair you guys obviously did feel the earthquake because it was big but like you didn't understand like why I was like asking like you guys felt that too right like like that wasn't just me um, you know yeah so yeah that was my first experience having watched the Conjuring movie it pretty it's a, it's a pretty unique experience to be honest and I mean I finished the movie once we came back from wherever we were going now uh the Conjuring is unique um to other franchises because they can it really is go to some they have a source for their stories they claim that these movies are based off of the the investigations of ed and lorraine warren and for those who don't know they're um like paranormal investigators they're so they're they're, they're based off of um the paranormal investigations of ed and lorraine warren you know some people call them uh you know paranormal investigators Others call them scammers. Others call them frauds, hoax, uh, hoaxes, and whatnot. You know, you, you deem whatever you want to call them. We're not here to debate whether those stories are true or whatnot. Personally, I think they're on the side. I'm on the I'm on the scammer side. You know, or, no, not on the scammer side. Let me rephrase that. I'm on the side of that thinks that you know they're they're scammers. These stories are you know claimed to be based off of actual like possessions and exorcisms and whatnot. The first Conjuring movie is based off of an investigation that was conducted, I believe, in Connecticut. I probably should have done some research before uh, going into this. Do you know much about the real life? Fact check your ass. Huh? I will fucking... You're talking about the real right... The... <laughs> Sorry. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> You're talking about the real cases, right? Yeah. Could you look up the real case of the first one? Yep. First, they came out with books. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they came out with they're probably yeah. Let's see. Like, do you believe their claims of these being real? And I mean, okay, regardless of whether you believe in like religion or not, like, do you be- do you do you side with the people that th- 
think that they're scammers or decide with the people that think that they were just being genuine people, like trying to help others. I think it started out with the with the few like real cases, but it quickly spiraled into them just doing it for attention. Yeah, because did they 1952, have, like... by the way, they established the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Oh wow. Yep, and they claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases See, during is, their career. That is why. 10,000 cases? fucking insane. Yeah, I, I, dude, like 90% of those have to be bullshit, honestly. <laughs> even, if we, even if we say 90% of them are bullshit, according to their numbers, that still means like 1,000 of them were true, right. you know? Yeah. Or 5,000, it'd be 5,000. I do math. That's like, absurd, though. Like, like, that's a crazy number. No, wouldn't it be five thousand? I don't know. I, I'm stupid. I can't do math. But like, yeah, though that's that's crazy. Um, and like Amityville, I think is real. Right. Okay. So like Amityville, we, we can get into Amityville because that's actually the beginning of Conjuring Two. Um, so we can save Amityville for when we get to that one. I know Amityville. Amityville is by far their most recognizable and infamous case. Well. Now it's Annabelle, I think. I think Annabelle has become so marketable that the doll... Aside from Annabelle, Amityville is, you know, the big one. Yeah. So, the Conjuring movie... Let's get right into the movie. The the Conjuring movie, uh, it takes place in New England. Um, I, by the way, I love the setting of the first Conjuring movie. I like everything... It's very good. I think the first Conjuring movie is the best of the entire franchise. I think so. I, I, I think most people agree with that. Yeah. I love the tone of it. I love the colors. It's like kind of muted. Something that really fascinates me. Because whenever people think about... Okay, so something that really fascinates me is like New England horrors. Particularly like the supernatural kind. Um, And, mo- and the reason why is because most times it delves into like witchcraft and like witches in particular. And one thing that people don't realize about the first Conjuring movie, or something that people forget, right? You hear the Conjuring, you think demons, you think ghosts, but that first Conjuring movie, the villain's a witch. Like it's not a demon; it's a witch that cursed the lands. It taps into the thing that I really like, um, the setting, the the lore behind the witch. Um, and as you go along, you know, you start to learn more and more about the, the villain. It's really awesome. But basically, it takes place in New England. I don't know if it's Rhode Island or Connecticut. It's one of those states. And basically, there's a family who's... They recently move into a farmhouse. It's it's your stereotypical... Like, when you think of, like, a, a house being haunted, imagine, like, a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in the woods. It's literally that. It looks old. It looks, it looks, you know, somewhat decrepit. It's that. And it takes place, by the way, in, the, like, the 70s, I think, the, the horror movie. And, yeah, so the house, slowly by slowly, each day, the haunts ramp up. It gets, uh, you know, the, the family's getting scared by the minute. And uh, we kind of also follow up with the Warrens. They're this couple. They're, they're portrayed as, they're, they're the protagonists of the franchise. We kind of start off with, and I'm only going to explain this because it's integral to where the series goes. They start off showing like a lecture to a university. And they say that there's like stages to demonic possession. 
and they show uh, like an exorcist, an ex, like an exorcist, exorcism scene of uh, Ed Lorraine, I think, or not Ed Lorraine, Ed Warren conducting an exorcism, and he's, and you see like the guy who's possessed, he like grabs Lorraine and he like looks in her eyes and she screams or whatever. And the dude, by the way, he has like crosses that are like embedded or coming out of his like his skin. Like, as if parts of his skin are, like, lifting up and you see, like, underneath, like, shapes of crosses. That little scene, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a blink and you'll miss it thing in the first movie, but it's very integral later on. But the mother of the family who's getting haunted, uh, she, part- she's basically, like, in the lecture of, of this and she seeks them out and she's like, you know, uh, we think our place is uh, haunted and we could really use your help. And I, I I do like their approach that they're given in the movie. They go out of their way to make sure they don't look like uh, scammers and frauds in the movies. They, they come off as like really heroic, which, you know, they're the protagonists. So you want that. But um, they they're like, yeah, you know, like, you know, we, we want to go and investigate. But like once we know that, like, they're, they're, that they're actual hauntings, you know, maybe there's like some explanation for it. Like if Enrique were here, he'd be like, you know, I'm sure it's like some leaky pipes. Or like a gust of wind, you know, whatever, you know, blowing in your sheets or whatnot. You know, they soon realize that, no, the place is actually haunted. And so they do some research. And what they find out is that that lot of land they're on, um, and not just their lot of land. They explain that it's, it's a couple around the area, but that it used to belong to a lady named Bathsheba. And I believe it's from the 1800s. And Bathsheba was said to have been a witch. And Bathsheba had a child, a baby, and uh, she basically sacrificed her baby to the devil and said, I, I forget why. I, I don't know if they were like after her or whatnot, but she sacrificed her baby and said that she put a curse on the land to anyone who would later inhabit or, you know, take up residence there. Uh, and then she hangs herself, which is why, you know, in the first Conjuring movie, you have that poster of that tree with the with the noose. And that's kind of like a thing that pops up in the movie. That's she, she hangs herself, the witch. And she says she curses the land. And basically what happens, and they, they kind of do more investigations, is as the years go on, like families will come up and take residence. And the mother is the one who usually always ends up possessed and like killing their children. Almost like mirroring what Bathsheba did. And by the way, there's really cool like scares in this uh dealing with Bathsheba and I wish we got I wish we could do more with her like we use like other antagonists a lot like the nun and Annabelle yet you know Bathsheba's only relegated to this one movie uh, but there's a scene that I don't know if you remember this Alex but there's a scene where like there's knocking on the girl's like bedroom or whatnot on the bedroom door and they like don't know what it is and they turn around for a second and when they look back at the wardrobe that they were looking at um, she's like perched up. Bathsheba's perched up on the on the wardrobe, and she like lunges at them. It's so cool. Uh, do you remember what she looks like, Alex? No. Let me let like me... faintly, faintly. I think she's one of the most terrifying, visually one of the most terrifying villains of the entire franchise. I really think Bathsheba is underrated. I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. And I love the lore behind her too. Here, let me send this to you. This is this is the scene of her on top of the wardrobe, and she lunges at them. It's it's really freaky. 
Oh yeah, that was, that's one of the scariest fucking scenes. Yeah, dude, it, uh, it's she's she is horrifying. Um, she's also, I think she is one of the most. I don't want to say powerful, right? Because I don't want to like power scale these villains, but she seems really powerful compared to some of the other villains. This is I, I've sent Alex a couple other images. She's she's freaky looking, um, and then. I think they they explain in the movie that whenever like the mother gets possessed, like she kind of almost takes on visually the look yeah. of Bathsheba, um, which is why at the end with mother, like she now she looks like like she she basically looks like that, the mother of the family. Um, and it's 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 yeah, uh, but um, <laughs> that's freaky. I don't want to look at that anymore. Let me scroll up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's spooky. Definitely yeah. spooky. Compared to the nun, I would I would much rather come across the nun than, than the nun hiding in your closet or you opening up your closet and seeing this. This is freaky. This is horrifying. Not saying the nun isn't, but like damn, <laughs> that's that's scary. So basically, uh, they realize they got to deal with the switch. This switch is she's bad news. And she's really powerful, and they say, and, and they do a good job of showing it. By the way, easily scary, and, and you you get the stakes of this movie. And, and the family, by the way, as I never mentioned it, it consists of the mother, the father, and like thirty daughters. It's it's an absurd amount of daughters that they have in that household. Um, but uh, oh, and, and there's some, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping around because yeah, it has been a while since I've seen the first Conjuring movie, so some of the scenes are coming yeah. to me. Um, later but like I remember there also being a sick jump scare or not jump scare but like a sick tense moment where they throughout the entire movie you know the mother plays with the daughter the the littlest one like a game of hide and clap where you cover your eyes and then the daughter will go hide in the house it's basically Marco Polo right you have your eyes you have to search for them when they say like 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 the person hiding claps and the person seeking has to find out where that clap is from and they do that a couple times with very effective scares, um, very tense moments, as you can imagine. There's one in the middle of the night where the mother's stuck in the basement and, like, hands come out from behind her, like, like I want to play a game, and, like, they do a little clap. It's it's really spooky, but really effective. Yeah. Um, of course, there's a creepy basement in the house, right? It's all the cliches that you have of a haunted house movie, but done perfectly, in my opinion. Annabelle is introduced in this movie. The doll, you know, the Annabelle doll. She is. You see the Warrens' house, and you see the the basement they have. Or not the, really a basement, but they have like a, a section of their home where they have all these cursed artifacts from their investigations. So the room is full of dangerous objects, and one of them is the Annabelle doll. As a matter of fact, the Annabelle doll is like the showcase of the entire of the entire, um, you know the installation of haunted artifacts they have and there's a point where Bathsheba enters their home and like starts messing with the Annabelle doll and it's like oh shit you know like Bathsheba's up to no good um and I'm only mentioning that because I see no good (laughs) yeah I seen the picture that I sent you uh Bathsheba's on the rocking chair and she has Annabelle in her lap um and Annabelle like I said she makes her debut in this Something that I like about the first two Conjuring movies is that they focus on the more famous, um, the more famous uh, investigations of theirs, and then the movie is about a lesser known one. 
right? So the entire movie of The Conjuring, and most people probably don't know about it, but the Annabelle doll, everybody knows about that. So the movie, like, starts off, like, in the first five minutes of the Warrens investigating that case and then realizing, okay, we got to take care of this doll, and they put it away. Um, and then, you know, the, the movie starts. Um, but basically, to conclude the movie, uh, the first one, uh, they, f- I, I don't, they, they conduct an exorcism on the wife. Uh, sh- they, they're, they're like trying to get a priest, but they realize that they can't, they don't have enough time. And it's, it's all of your, all of your, uh, witch tropes, right? There's crows flying around the house. Um, you know, lights flickering in this old, like farmhouse. Uh, they're in the basement the woman's tied to a chair and then the chair starts levitating. Um, she has like a like a like a sheet drawn over her uh, and then she like starts like puking blood on the sheet it's like it's it's very it's very spooky very terrifying um, but they eventually do cast the witch out through the power of love I think they say something like Lorraine puts her hand on the witch's forehead or you know the 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 witch possessed mom and she's like remember your children remember the good times and then the witch is cast out. I didn't know it was that easy to get rid of her. Um, considering, I don't think it is. Yeah, cons- I don't think it is. Considering the centuries of hauntings this woman has done, uh, I, it shouldn't be that easy. But and and it, they just as easily also defeat the villain of the second Conjuring movie. That's something I'm just realizing now. But um, I mean, I don't know how else you deal with the with the witch. I don't know. You put a bullet through the mother's head or something. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with witches, but w- w- I mean, w- w- so this movie, yeah, I-, I think it's the scariest easily of the franchise. A- any, anything you want to add to this first movie? Not really. I think you pretty much said everything. It's just, it's a good movie. It's a genuine spook and it all goes down from here. <laughs> Basically, uh, it immediately goes downhill with the next one. Uh, did you find like what the real case was or? So the, it, the real family is called the Perrin family. Uh, it was in 1971 in Harrisville, Rhode Island. So you're wrong about Connecticut. My bad. <laughs> uh, it was haunted by a witch. So um, Bathsheba Sherman was the actual name of the witch who cursed that land. So there actually was, I believe, somebody called Bathsheba, Bathsheba I believe. But I'm not sure. That would be interesting, dude. Imagine if that's one of the cases where they were lying about, and they just found a woman that lived in the 1800s that said, "Yeah, that's the woman cursing your land." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, probably <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. So this this woman, this poor this poor woman, her name's been tarnished for for eternity. They're gonna, people are gonna be like Bathsheba, that that damn witch from the 1800s. Um. But do do they say uh, in the case how they resolve it at all? Do they say, like in real life, how they deal with it, or like like what do they do? Do they just like chant a couple words in the house, or? Yeah, they just like inspect. Apparently, write notes, do some tests with like some machines they got. It's like, it's not it's not very exact. It's not forensic science they're conducting, right? I mean, how do you investigate ghosts? Let's be honest, right? Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, well, it's like, uh, it's pretty much like, oh, this is a, uh, it's a little more spooky here, like it's it's a little colder here. You know, um, 
the 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 kitchen seems to be getting a lot of action right now. Uh, we're picking up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a plates moving. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know how you investigate that or conclude an investigation, right? Like, and you got to leave the family like satisfied, knowing that there's no hauntings anymore, because you can't just say, "Oh, well, there's I nothing mean, we can do. We'll just leave." Do that. They huh? didn't always do that. They would just say, ah, "I can't do anything. Goodbye." Oh my god! Uh, but, but they they would still. There's a lot of stories of them actually making shit worse. <laughs> oh my god! So I summoned. Like, like they're like, we didn't have a problem until you fuckers came. <laughs> so so we summoned a bigger demon to take care of the other one you had. Um, Basically, or they pissed whatever it was off. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Um, and, and they would probably still charge them too, right? You know, they're not walking away. Hey, yo, we did our work here. You gotta pay up. That that's that's horrible. Uh, oh no, definitely. So, uh, it, the one thing people took away from the first Conjuring movie, aside from it being scary and it being really good, uh, was that damn Annabelle doll. People really seemed to like that Annabelle doll, and people liked it so much that they were like, "Oh, okay, you know what? We should give them then." An Annabelle movie, a whole movie on that damn doll. So let me see. Let me see how long after they made that Annabelle movie. So the first Conjuring movie was 2013. I think it was literally like two years. It was literally like a year or two. The Conjuring movie was 2013. Annabelle was 2014. <laughs> yeah, it was like immediately. Let's waste no time. Let's put that damn doll in its own movie. It, it's also just cool because, I mean, you can go see Annabelle, you know, you can go see the oh, spirit. Yeah. It's in its little box. Yeah, uh, Annabelle's an actual doll, not, and it looks nothing like the one in the movie. The one in the movie. No, it's, it's a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, yeah, it is a Raggedy Ann doll. The one in the movie, it's like a porcelain. The one in the movie is made to look intentionally scary. Whereas the real, whereas the real one doesn't, but because you know some spooky stuff has gone on behind the doll through affiliation, you're like, okay, it's a scary doll. But otherwise, I think I think the real doll is a lot scarier. Oh yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, I I mean, it is scary when you see the pictures of it perched in its little glass containment. They're both. It is funny though, because without context, you're like, why is there? doll in the glass <laughs> yeah um i could just imagine imagine being like in the early 2010s right like you just stop by this place like everyone locally tells you oh yeah it's like a ghost ghost place they have like haunted items and you walk in and you just see a fucking doll in a case with a cross on it and you're like oh why is that thing in a in a case and he's like oh because it's a fucking demon <laughs> yeah so is like, is there a fucking gas leak in here? What the fuck's going on? Oh, you good? Huh? You good? No, I'm saying like that person. Oh, <laughs> I thought you had a gas leak in your home. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm saying like, it's like, what is there? The guy would be like, is there a fucking gas leak in here? Like, <laughs> why are you talking gibberish? Yeah. So I sent you a picture of that doll. It does look kind of freaky just like that. It also doesn't it help does. if you put like, really an does. eerie light right over it. <laughs> uh, but uh, they have a signing. Or they have a signing. They have a sign on the case saying, Warning, positively do not touch. And they have like religious symbols and whatnot on the case. Um, but that's what the first Adelba movie is about. Now you might be wondering, well, 
the first Conjuring movie already goes over the case of the Annabelle doll. I mean, the case, this one I know a little bit about. I mean, you can look it up further if you want to do research right now really quickly, but I, I know it pretty well. Uh, the story goes that there's a nurse who was gifted a doll, I think, for her graduation of like medical school. And it is that Raggedy Ann doll and that the doll would move on, to, move on its own. And I think at one point at night, she found the doll over her bed, um, kind of like perched up, like when she was sleeping. Um, and she was like, whoa, that doll's like on top of me. Like, did it climb on top of my bed or whatever? Which is kind of freaky, to be honest. Like, that is honestly kind of horrifying. Look at that smile on that doll. Imagine you waking up and that's the first thing you see right on top of you. That's horrifying. Um, and I just realized. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they say it like scrape the fuck out of somebody like with the little claws. And, and like the face of that doll of the real doll. Look at the size of the head. It's basically the size of an actual person's head. Look how mass. I never. I thought it was a little smaller than that. I didn't realize it was that big. Um, that's freaky. But uh, so and in the beginning of the first Conjuring movie, they cover that the the people that they're investigating. It is that nurse and the nurse's roommates, and you know they go over that. She they explain, yeah, like at times the doll like she moves. They're talking about the porcelain doll, right? Because that's the movie one. But they say, like, you know, now you like the doll, like, she moves and whatnot. And then the Warrens decide, okay, let's take this doll into our possession, into our possession. So you might be like, well, then what is the Annabelle movie on? Uh, just complete bullshit. <laughs> they had to make something up for the Annabelle movie. Basically, yeah. No, I mean, literally. So the Annabelle movie is not based off of an actual story because that was already covered in the first Conjuring movie. So what is the Annabelle movie about? So it's about, uh, again, complete fabrication, but it's about a woman and uh, her husband. And, and this takes this is a obviously a prequel to The Conjuring. So The Conjuring takes place in the 1970s. I believe the Annabelle movie takes place in the 1960s. Um, and that's kind of important because one thing that we know about the 1960s is that there's roving... Uh, groups of cults for some reason during that time right people up on uh drugs and love and whatnot right you got uh, crazy people walking about and that's kind of integral for this movie um during that era right it's all a part of that era and the reason why i bring that up is because there's this couple right it, it's your typical mid-century couple you know your perfect wife your perfect husband living in the suburbs um and they're expecting a child and what happens is as they're sleeping, uh, the there's a cult that breaks into the house. Oh, and, and the, the mother, or the, the soon-to-be mother, uh, she's collecting dolls. There's like this line of dolls, right? Um, and she has the latest one, and it is the Annabelle doll. And she's like, oh my god, I finally got the one I wanted. And when the cult breaks into the house, the lady, one of the, well, there's a chick, right? She has a knife and she dies. I don't remember how she dies. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. And to be fair, I do not want to rewatch this movie. She dies, the cult lady. And as she dies, the animal doll is in her lap. And her blood goes into the eye of the Annabelle doll. Um, so that's how the animal doll gets possessed. Whoa. Um, because of this cult lady. Now, so something that isn't really focused on much is something in the conjuring universe called the disciples of ram uh, 
And it's something it I didn't fucking weird. It's something I didn't know about and until I, I was doing some research into it. But the disciples is of, it real? I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real either. I think it's something for the movie. Let me look it up actually. But the disciple that that cult, they're the disciples of Ram. And they show up in a couple of the other movies, but you don't put it together that they're the same people. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a like somewhat of a threat throughout the Conjuring universe. Um, but that is that cult, right? The one that uh, break into the house of the couple. Um, let me let me send you the picture, actually, Alex, of this really quickly. So that is the cult lady that is the Annabelle doll in her lap remember how I said the blood goes into her that symbol right yeah. there is a symbol that I think they use the one on the wall it looks like a Blair Witch uh, um, like a Blair Witch symbol but um, the, the, the focus isn't really on them but every now and then I'm just pointing that out because we will talk about them a little later so then the, the, the couple they're traumatized by this right they're living in the peaceful suburbs it's mid-century Americana it's you know it's a, they're living a perfect life yet now it's ruined so what do they do they decide to move out of the suburbs and go right into the city uh, oh and the couple i could be wrong but i believe the couple they're named mia actually let me look this up before i start bullshitting <laughs> before you just start spitting shit <laughs> yeah again i should have done more research into the annabelle movie but it's so it's so bad okay the the, the name of the wife in the annabelle movie her name's mia because Annabelle is also paying homage to Rosemary's baby, right? You got this uh, perfect seemingly wife and perfect seemingly husband. I guess I should say perfect wife, perfect seemingly perfect husband, right? If you've seen Rosemary's baby, you know that that's not the case. But um, in Rosemary's baby, the actress that plays Rosemary, her name is Mia Farrow. And I believe the... um, I forget the guy's name, but the the name of the of the of the wife in Annabelle, she's named after that actress, and I believe the husband is named after the actor that plays. I think his name's Guy in Rosemary's Baby, which who is Rosemary's husband? It's it's like a little thing, and like in both Rosemary and in Annabelle, the 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 main female lead, they're pregnant. They move into the city into this new uh, apartment building and spooky things go on, right? And, and they're worried. As they tend to do. Yeah, and, and they're worried about their pregnancy and um, whether or not there's something paranormal going on. Um, I can already tell you right off the bat, uh, don't waste your time with Annabelle. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is way better than Annabelle. It, Annabelle is a cheap knockoff. Uh, it is pretty bad and it is pretty forgettable, which is why I've had to look up a couple things along the way, because I think it's one of the worst from the series, from the franchise. You said that the series goes downhill and like, that's not a joke. It immediately goes to one of the worst movies right after. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. And I've heard a lot of people say that the reason why they haven't seen the second Annabelle movie, which is the best Annabelle movie, by the way, and it's really good, actually, Annabelle creation is because they saw the first one and were so put off by it that they decided to just never check out a new Annabelle movie ever again. Which, I don't blame you, that first one is really boring. It's forgettable. The Annabelle doll, it turns out that it's possessed, or the demon that inhabits the Annabelle doll is a demon called Malthus. It's pronounced M-A, or it's spelled M-A-L, 
T-H-U-S. Malthus is defeated or whatever. I don't remember how they defeated. Which, oh. By the way, I think all these names of demons are real. Or not, think... not real, but like, you know, they exist. Like, They're these are names of actual something. demons in like the Bible, yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right, yeah. The wife, she goes to a priest, and this is kind of important because they will come up later. I'll go through a lot of these Conjuring Universe movies and be like, this little thing is important because it will come up later. But they go to a priest and because they're like, could you help us investigate the stall? And he's no use because he ends up in the hospital soon after. Um, but he, uh, his name is Father Perez. And I think the movie takes place, by the way, in California, I think, or in the West Coast, somewhere, like in the, somewhere in the Southwest. Anyways, Father Perez ends up in the hospital, right? Because he's like run over or possessed or some shit. I don't remember. It's fucking something happens. But he survives. He survives. Father Perez survives. And they defeat the doll. I don't... They defeat the doll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, I think at the end of the movie, what ends up... And, and by the way, even though this movie isn't great, what I like about the first couple Conjuring Universe movies is that they have, like... Like, the last scenes of every movie are some subtle connection to another Conjuring Universe movie. Or establishing how they connect to one another. They don't do that anymore, but... Like, in Annabelle, I think it's the first one. At the end, you have... I don't remember what happens to the doll, but I think the doll is, like, in a... In a, like, antique shop. And a, a, a woman goes in. It's an elderly woman. And she's like, how much is that doll going for? And I, th- I think the lady ends up selling it to her. And she's like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's quite a doll. And the woman's like, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm my, my, my daughter... My daughter just graduated from nursing school and I'm planning on buying her something. Um, And I thought I'd buy her this doll. And so, you know, that connects to the beginning of The Conjuring. So then we know, you know, that's the that's the lead in. Right. So then when we start The Conjuring movie, we have that that lady who's a nurse and she's like, well, my mother bought me this doll. And so that's that's how it connects. And I like those little connections. I would now recommend watching the entire Annabelle movie for those connections because it's 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 a pretty bad movie. Like, I'm not doing. Yeah, it's it's just bad. Yeah, like it's I, just bad. I don't feel like I'm conveying enough how abysmal that first Annabelle movie is. But right after that Annabelle movie, right? I mean, even though it was bad, it still made like a shit load of movie. A lot of load of movie. A, a lot of movie. <laughs> it made so much fucking movie. <laughs> It made so much money. And that's the thing with a lot of these Conjuring movies. Regardless of their quality, they make bank, dude. Which is why that franchise is still going. And it's also something unique about this franchise, which I didn't mention. It has spinoffs. And some of these spinoffs have trilogies, like Annabelle, right? Some of these spinoffs have sequels, like The Nun now. Which, when you go to like any other horror franchise, right? It's like... Oh, we got 13 Halloween movies, but there's no spin-off, right? We don't we don't spin off into the universe, which this universe does successfully. It's like the MCU version of a horror franchise, which I think is really unique. It unfortunately also because of that, you get like varying degrees of quality. Um, but whatever. So, 2 years after Annabelle, we go back to the mainline Conjuring movies with The Conjuring 2. James Wan comes back to direct two, and two is often regarded as the second best of the series. Some people put it above one, it's but funny how that works. 
Sorry, what? Which is funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people do put it above the first, but a majority of people say it's the second best out of all the Conjuring Universe movies. So what is the second movie? Well, like I said, with the first one, they open up with an infamous case of theirs. And there is no case, aside from probably Annabelle, uh, there's no case more infamous than the Amityville case, which we kind of alluded to before. Everybody and their mothers and their dogs and grandmothers knows about the damn Amity case. Everybody knows about everybody. Everybody knows about I that. I think it's one of my favorite cases. Yeah, honestly, honestly, it is pretty intriguing. I mean, it's it's so crazy that some people don't even do like research into these cases, but they know details about it. That's how much this case has like infiltrated, like you know, uh, the zeitgeist, like not even Annabelle. Like when you think of Annabelle and you ask, okay, well, what's the actual case? People don't know. Well, it's this nursing daughter or it's this daughter. Who's a nurse, you know, who was given this doll after medical school. Like people don't know about those details. They just know it's a spooky doll in a spooky case, but Amityville people even know what like the house looks like, you know, those, those, those creepy like eye windows that the house has, which I heard that they had to rename the address of the street because people would go to the house. But um, and it kind of sucks because Amityville, or it sucks that it's in the beginning of the movie because then you kind of waste the potential of there being a Conjuring movie focused all on Amityville. But I can also see why they didn't do it because there's thirty thousand An- Amityville. Jesus Christ, there's thir- there's like thirty thousand Amityville movies out there already. There's, yeah, yeah, it's it's absurd. The moment that case happened, there was a book written on it, not by the Warrens, but by the people who fled the house. And then shortly after, there was a movie, and then there was a sequel, and I think the third movie's in like three D. And, and there's there's like twenty movies in that franchise. There's a remake, which is the first Amityville, which is the first Amityville movie I've seen, which stars Ryan Gosling from the two thousands. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of bonkers. Um. We, we might cover that on the show once one day. For those who don't know about the Amityville case, which I don't know how you don't know. I don't know what rock you're living under, but Amityville. Uh, and by the way, let me send a picture to you, Alex. I'm sure you know what the house looks like. but And for those of you who don't know what the house looks like, just look up the Amityville Horror House. That's like the name of the case, Amityville Horror and the reason why the house is pretty well known is because it has like these windows. Hold on, let me take a copy of it. The reason why people know um, what, like the house has a very distinct look. So people always remember the house because on the top of one of the facades, they have like these windows and people always describe them as them being the eyes of the house. So what, Yeah, they definitely seem like that. They Yeah, they definitely do. I believe this takes place in New York. I could be wrong. Um, but basically, what and the reason why the case fascinates so many people and why there's been so many movies about this is because unlike all the other cases where, oh, it's just a spooky ghost or it's a haunted doll or it's a haunted piece of furniture or it's a haunted toothbrush or whatever it is. There's a ghost haunted in my bedroom. Toothbrush. There's a ghost in my pantry. You know, there's things you can't really point to as physical evidence. Technically, part of this Amityville horror case is part of it is technically true. Uh, whereas the other half, you know, the, the actual ghosts and whatnot, that really isn't. 
Yeah. And it's kind of sad, actually, Um, you know, the, the part that's true. Because what happens, basically, is there is, I believe the family is called the DeFeo family. And they live in the Amityville house. On I think I think the reason why it's called that is because either the street or the town, I think the town is called Amity. The DeFeos, they live in this house. It's a mother, it's a father. It's like a couple brothers and like a couple sisters. And one a night, his name I think is Ronald DeFeo or Ronnie DeFeo. He gets up and it's like 3, 3 a.m. in the morning or something like that. Or maybe it's midnight. I don't remember. He gets up in the middle of the night, uh, gets a shotgun and kills every single one of his family members. And then he gets arrested, I believe. I don't think he commits suicide. I believe he gets arrested. Yeah, he, get, he gets arrested. Yeah, and he gets taken away to prison. And then, like, a month or so later, it's, like, soon after, another family moves in, the Lutzes. And the Lutzes don't last a month in that house until they move out, claiming that the house is extremely haunted. That it is haunted beyond belief. Um, and then the Lutz is, of course, I think it's the father. He ends up writing the book, which becomes the basis for the movie. But the Warrens investigate this case. What's funny is this case is so popular. Like, it went beyond, like, the Warrens, like, like, you know, like normally, like, like when you hear about a case about the Warrens, like you hear about them be investigating and whatnot. I didn't know that the Warrens were involved in this until The Conjuring Two, when when that when they do that opening, I was like, whoa, were they were they were involved in that, and like, sure enough, like, yeah, they were. This this case be like outgrew their popularity, but basically, the reason why it's become infamous is because it has some realism attached to it, which are the murders that was happened. Like an actual family did die. Now there's like some curious circumstances about their deaths that have not been resolved to this day. Something that people point to as, you know, adding to the supernatural element to the hauntings and whatnot, which I haven't really gone into the supernatural hauntings that the Lutz's family claimed to have experienced. I guess I can go into that a bit later, but basically if you look at where this house is situated, there's like a couple houses nearby, right? And if someone uses a shotgun, even though people are sleeping, like you'd expect people to hear that, right? I mean, it's a shotgun. Um, and no one, none of the neighbors ever heard a shot. And considering like he killed every single one of the family members using it, like with a shotgun. A shotgun, mind you. These things are loud as fuck. Yeah, and like very loud. Mm-hmm. And he had to use it like at least like what, like four or five times, one for each family member. So like, like someone must have heard something. But besides that, like none of the family members themselves apparently heard it either, because basically the way he describes it. Um, the 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 son who survived the one who killed everyone and the way it's familiar the way it's often you know displayed is the story goes that he goes from bedroom to bedroom killing them right there's no sign of any struggle of some of the family members waking up to hearing the gunshot and being like whoa what's going on and then putting up a fight there's no sign of a scuffle right he doesn't have any bruises he didn't fight anybody he literally went bedroom to bedroom killing them. People were like, well, why didn't any of the family members wake up? They weren't poisoned. Like, they weren't put to sleep by him. Like, 
like what happened and then people point to that as being like well that's proof of something supernatural right preventing them from waking up right he was possessed you know like like you know and it is kind of kind of head scratching like even the family themselves like 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 they didn't get up at all like nobody heard those gunshots but they were definitely were killed by that right i mean right there in their own beds um so that is an interesting thing about that i don't know if maybe it's just sloppy forensics that they never figured out you know what actually happened i don't know but the lutzes claim that it the, the lutzes being the family afterwards they claimed that it had to have been something supernatural because they themselves experienced supernatural things afterwards um they claimed that i believe they called over a priest and that the priest left the house running being like i never want to be in that house again um they claimed that i think flies were coming out of vents or like just like filling up rooms and that they claimed that they saw like in the middle of the night like floating pigs outside their window i think is one of the hauntings which is kind of bizarre but they saw like yeah a, i mean of all things right yeah like a pig but the pig had like glowing eyes outside their windows um in the middle of the dark at night i mean it's kind of a freaky sight right i'd probably scare myself if i saw that but so some people also claim that they're just that they happen to know about the murders then went in to the house took advantage of that claimed uh, right they, they just made up a story and then wrote a book on it and then got famous and the story blew up um i think that's more likely true i don't i still don't know how that explains the gunshots but anyways that is the uh case that's investigated in the beginning of the conjuring 2 the amityville horror case they go over it kind of quickly just like the annabelle case in the beginning of the first conjuring movie but they still do a well enough job about it lorraine she's like a clairvoyance so she can like feel what's happened in the place so in her like like they do like a seance and she kind of sees herself as ronnie defeo going from bedroom to bedroom killing the family with a shotgun and then like as she's seeing that happen in like her mind or whatever, like the spirits are guiding her. I don't know what, I don't know how you explain that, but as she's seeing that she feels another presence there. Something, I guess the implication is that something is guiding, uh, the guy to shoot his family up, which is, if you think about it, it's kind of messed up, right? Cause these are, these are actual, these are actual people who died, but, um, the movie's like, no, there's like a sinister force in this house. Something that's been following the Warrens, since their case in that first movie remember how there's that one possessed guy who had crosses coming out of his like body he looked into lorraine warren's eyes and like she freaked out like an entity has been following them since since that case and lorraine sees this entity in the amityville horror house and she sees a figure of a nun and she's like i think that's the demonic force that's following me around and this is the first time we see the nun in any in this entire universe entire franchise right conjuring 2 uh we get this nun and yeah and then the implication i guess that the nun is behind the amleville horror case whatever which is stupid i hate that they keep bringing her back she's the worst fucking villain yeah now but now this is the first movie she's in so you know we don't know yet that she's going to be overused right again like at like annabelle in the first conjuring movie it's like that's a kind of a cool design, you know, like that's kind of sick. I would kind yeah. of like to see more of her. And then you actually get more of her and you're like, okay, never mind. Actually, I kind of wish we hadn't seen more of her. Um, but uh, we, 
and 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 there's a thematic reason why they use Amityville, aside from it being popular. There's a reason why they use it as the intro to the second Conjuring movie, because the second Conjuring movie plays around with the idea of the Warrens being frauds. Right, I guess at this time people must have been getting wise like to them actually being frauds, so they yeah. decided to make a movie. No, definitely. Um, so basically, the case is—I think it's called—I don't know if you want to look this up, right? The case for the rest of the movie is based off of—I think it's called the Enfield Poltergeist. I could be wrong, but basically, the story takes place not in the U.S. anymore, baby. We're going overseas to the U.K. We're going to London, and the case is about these two girls. Um, and they use, of course, their homemade spirit board, a Ouija board, right? And they unwittingly summon a demon to their house. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they live with a single mother in London in a flat. I mean, it's kind of like The Exorcist, right? You know, single mother, she's got a daughter that's possessed. She doesn't know what to do. Uh, the Warrens get over, get called. They get called to the scene. And they play there. There's there's investigators from London as well, right? There's UK investigators, UK cameramen. They're documenting everything, and there's a lot of skepticism as to whether or not the daughter is faking it or not, whether or not it's an actual possession. And there's moments in the movie where you're led to believe, oh no, she's actually possessed. But then there's moments where you're like, no, I think she's faking it. Like there's no way that's real. Like, there's a scene where they're talking um, uh, to her, right? And she's like, oh, uh, like, she's imi- she's imitating uh, who she thinks is the person haunting. And it's an old man. And so, like, the the girl starts talking in, like, the voice of the, of the an old man. And she's like, well, the old man, you know, died here. Or rather, I'm the old man, and I haunt this place now. Um, and they're like, okay, well, it's just the girl doing that voice. And they're like, well, the girl can't do that deep of a voice. And they go back and forth with it. And so the Warrens, they leave the home because there's some, there's like, they see the girl doing something crazy that looks like she's setting up the next, like, jump scare, the next haunt. And they're like, okay, well, clearly it's fake. So they leave. They leave the house. But some, they, then they come across evidence that they have that they're looking over as they're leaving, right? And they're like, oh, shit, no, this is actually real. So they go back to the house and lo and behold yeah it's the nun that's the the demonic entity in the in the house that's possessed the girl that's doing all of this uh we mentioned you know how in the first conjuring they kind of easily defeat Bathsheba and like a well that was kind of easy way they do the same here where they say the demon's name which is Valak and that kind of dispels the nun that's the name of the nun uh Valak so just like Bathsheba she's easily dispatched but you know whatever. But it's still it's still freaky. The movie's still cool. It's still scary, intense, and it I think it it's um it's really good. Yeah. What do you think about the second Conjuring movie? I think pretty much what everyone says. Not as good as the first, but it was definitely interesting, and the story is interesting. I mean, looking more into it, uh, he was actually right about the way that he died, without anybody telling her. As far as I know, he died in that chair from a brain hemorrhage. Right, the old man. Right. Yeah, and her they say her voice sounded like his. I'm n- I'm not sure, but it seems interesting at the very least. Like maybe a little too much to be a coincidence. Right. And they say something else in the movie which, you know, kind of can line up with that that they kept the and I don't know, I never fact-checked this, but in the movie they say that 
the the family decides to keep the chair after you know the investigation's been done and that eventually when the mother dies the mother ends up dying in the same chair that the old man died in i don't know if you want to fact check that or not but i i heard about no that's true yeah oh she okay so she did oh wow i mean that kind of adds like another layer of like you know like maybe that chair actually has something attached to it which is very interesting again it is interesting you know it, it does play around with whether the idea the Warrens are actual investigators or not. But yeah, uh, and also one thing that's really cool about the, at least the Conjuring movies, what they do is they'll, during the credits of the movie, they'll provide you like evidence. Uh, they'll sh- So like they'll, they'll show like the actors and they'll show like, like here's uh, Patrick Wilson who portrays Ed Warren and then they'll show a picture of Ed Warren. And I, I remember distinctly in the second one, they play the tapes that were recorded of the chick imitating or doing or you know if you believe she was actually possessed of the old man i don't know if you remember that but they play it during the credits of the movie yeah they do yeah i think that's the spookiest part of the movie hearing the real tapes and stuff. honestly it is kind of freaky <laughs> yeah um and i think in the first movie they do the same thing and then they at some point show like pictures of what bathsheba because again like alex said like Bathsheba's an actual person whether or not she was a witch, whether or not she was a witch, and the movie tarnishes her uh, good name, you know who knows. But I think they actually do yeah. show pictures of Bathsheba as well at the end of the first one, and of the Annabelle doll, of course. Uh, but let me see if I can find the tapes of the second one. Are you trying to play it? So I found it. Um, so this is what the recordings are like. I don't know if this is too loud for the audience or not, but this is what it is, and they play this at the end of um, The Conjuring Two. I'd like to know how you make this noise without bashing Janet's vocal cords to pieces. If I'm doing it for half a minute, I get a sore throat. There's chases here. Mm. We found her on an Addison. I don't know if you're able to hear that, but it's kind of freaky, actually. Um, it's super freaky. It sounds, like, unnatural. Yeah, um, it does. And, and I think that is... Uh, it, I personally don't believe... Right, that that is, you know, that, that there's any possession or whatnot. I, I'm I'm kind of a skeptic myself, but um, I even I will admit that, that that is freaky though. Like, imagine having seen The Conjuring two in theaters, and then it ends with that. Like, okay, now here's the tapes. Though, <laughs> that's, that's 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 horrifying, dude. You're leaving that you're leaving that theater scared. As we mentioned, this movie introduces the nun. When you first watched The Conjuring two, what were your thoughts on the nun? Now this before before the nuns gets oversaturated, right? I thought she was pretty cool as an antagonist. I think she's really good in this movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I I and especially what I like, and it's an iconic sequence. I like the sequence where they're in the Warrens' house, and the uh, Lorraine Warren. I don't think Ed's home. Lorraine Warren sees the nun in the hallway of her house. I don't know if you remember the sequence. Yeah, which I would say is probably one of the scariest scenes involving the nun, because every other screen is like meh. Yeah, yeah. This movie, this movie is by far the best utilization of the nun. If you want to watch a good Conjuring universe movie with the nun, the second one is the one to go to, because uh, Lorraine Warren then decides to follow the nun down the hallway, and it leads to the room that um, Ed Warren paints in, right? And Ed Warren had painted a picture of the nun, but he didn't know that that was the same nun that Lorraine had seen in the Amityville Horror House. 
case in the investigation. And the, 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 the painting, it's on the wall. And as she's in the room, she sees the shadow of the nun on the wall. And then the shadow starts to walk across the wall onto the adjacent wall. And it's making its way to the picture, the painting. And at that same time, there's like a tape recorder on the desk and it turns on. And I think it's playing like church music. It's it's really tense and disturbing, I think, and freaky, the whole sequence. Again, it's really good. And then the shadow of the nun goes behind the nun painting and fingers come out of the edges of the painting, like as if though the nun painting is like the nun herself. It's really dope. I don't know if I have anything else to add to The Conjuring 2 other than it's really good. And I think it put The Conjuring universe back into people's good graces after Annabelle had destroyed it. But so after The Conjuring 2, which is 2016, the following year we get the sequel to Annabelle, which is Annabelle Creation 2017. Again, Annabelle had done gangbusters. And so they made another one. Now again... The Annabelle, the the storyline we see in the Annabelle movie is made up because they already did the case. So when you do an Annabelle creation is a prequel to the Annabelle movie. So when you do a prequel to the fabricated prequel to the movie that you had already done, it's again going to be another fabricated case. Another fabricated case. So Annabelle yep. creation, it's not based off of anything. It's an original story starring the doll. Now, you might be asking yourself, wait, we already got the origin of the doll, the cult member whose, like, blood went into the doll. That's how we got possessed, right? Well, listeners, that is not how the doll got possessed, according to Annabelle Creation. Here is the true origin story of the doll. And Annabelle Creation, people went into it skeptical because the first one was so abysmal. But I think Annabelle Creation is the third best movie in this entire franchise. I think it's Conjuring, then it's Conjuring 2, then it's Annabelle Creation. It is, it's honestly really terrifying, I'd say. It is really good. So Annabelle Creation, we're going even further back. This is like the 1950s, I think. Late 1950s or something like that. And you have this couple and they live out in the middle of nowhere. It's like a desert looking place. I don't know. It's, it's probably like Arizona or some shit. I don't know. Um, but, um, and, and again, we're, we're having movies tie into one another. So this is, this movie is going to further tie into the universe aside from it being angry, aside from it being a prequel to the Annabelle movie. So the couple, they have this daughter and her name is Annabelle. Annabelle is this, it's just like this adorable little daughter. They cherish her so much. They love her. They make this doll. I don't know if they make the doll in the image of her, but which is kind of fucked up because that ball because that doll looks kind of messed up already, right? I don't know if I'd want to claim that doll being you know made after the image of my daughter. Yeah. But um, they so that 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 you know she's 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 a, she's an adorable little daughter in in you know this adorable family. They're they're this a nuclear family. What's the worst that could happen? Um, the doll. I think come uh, the doll. I think coming out of church, like, the, the daughter, she, like, drops, like, a ball or a doll or something, and she crosses the street, and, oh, no, a car runs her over, and now she's dead. So, like, within the, like, first couple minutes, the daughter is dead, and this kind, you know, family, this kind couple, they're distraught. They're distraught beyond belief. And then that's kind of where the movie opens. And you're like, oh, well, whatever happened to the doll? Whatever happened to the family? Well, 
the family now because i think it's like a year or so after they turn the they turn the house into an orphanage because i guess they miss having children and and so you know now they they are a home for children and so there's a nun she she's like a she works at like the local church or orphanage and well i guess the house is the orphanage now so the nun comes over with a bunch of young girls and they are going to stay at the at the big house it's a pretty big house it's like two stories or three stories um pretty expansive on the property um in the middle of nowhere you know the 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 nun there she's she's nice she's explaining things to the girls you know you guys got to follow the rules there's specifically one rule you have to follow which is do not go into their daughter's room you know their daughter died um, and they don't want people entering their room. Well, one of the knights, one of the girls, decides to get a little adventurous and goes into the room of the daughter. And, you know, it's, you know, it, they left it the way that, they, you know, the, the daughter had it. Like, right, you know, they got, she's got her toys on the floor and there's this giant dollhouse. And I think the dollhouse is made to look like the house that they're in. And there is, and then she, she goes to the dollhouse and then she sees that there's a key in like the room that's made to look like the room that they're in, right? It's like a little miniature version of their room. And there's a key in there. And so she gets the key and she's like, well, what's this key for? And then she sees the closet. And so she opens up the closet with that key. And what you see is the Annabelle doll in that closet on its little, it's a cute little chair. The doll's in it, but all of the walls inside the closet and the door as well, the inside portion of the door, it's all lined with Bible pages. They've been they've been glued to the walls, the ceiling, the floor, everything. So as almost to prevent anything from leaving that closet. And this girl just opened it up. It's honestly a very freaky visual, but it's really cool. So yeah, I mean, she's just only she broke the one rule that she was told not to break. Um, and now this uh, evil is out about in this household. Um, and then you know scares start amping up you know the one of the girls gets possessed and and yeah she one of the girls gets possessed and she's like evil looking and whatnot and i think it's the girl in the wheelchair i think there's a girl in the wheelchair and she's the one who gets possessed it's kind of messed up but and again it's been a while since i've seen it so i might be forgetting a lot of things but it is very freaky and i do recommend people watch this one if there's any of the annabelle movies you should watch it's annabelle creation by far And, and there's a point the nun she has a picture of, you know, the other nuns that she worked with at a monastery in Romania. I think it's Romania. I forget what Eastern European country it's in. But it's an Eastern European country in a monastery. A pretty big monastery. One of the many. One that we might visit later on in the series. And she's like, yes, um, we took a picture with me and my fellow nuns. And I think the father, the you know, the, the father of the dead Annabelle girl. He's like, oh, who's that nun right there? And there's a nun hiding in the shadows. And it's and she doesn't know it, but it's our good old friend Valak. And you might be like, that monastery, are we ever gonna go to it? Oh, you bet your bottom dollar we're gonna visit that monastery with Valak. But we're not there yet. <laughs> the only one to visit. <laughs> yeah. We're not there yet. Again, this I love the little breadcrumbs that they lead, like they, they have for, you know, the other installments in the franchise. They do this really early on in a lot of ways, and it's really cool. And it's it kind of sucks that they don't do that anymore. I think since Annabelle comes home, which we will get to in a bit, they've not done that anymore, which is kind of a shame. But I really like the the nods they have in this movie, particularly to the other ones. 
and so you know the the illusion is okay well valak is a greater threat in this universe we just haven't seen what else she's done basically though um there's like a well on the property and one of the girls realizes that the doll is the problem and so the girl throws the doll in the well but once they go into the house the dolls you know back in the house and then the and then you see the demon malthus the one i talked about you know from the first animal movie he's back but unlike the first movie he's actually threatening in this one because in the first movie he's like your typical villain who chases you but doesn't do anything no in this one he's freaky both him and the doll and they're utilized very well but basically what ends up happening is they realize they have to do something about both the doll and the possessed girl so what they end up doing is they end up tricking the girl and locking her in that closet the one lined with the bible pages they lock both the girl and the doll in there so you know you they're, they're kind of set back to the place that they're, they're they're put back in the place that the doll was in the beginning of the movie and it's it's kind of the end of the movie and so they call the cops they call like priests and whatnot and they go to the house and what they realize is that the girl must have like made a hole in the wall in the drywall because there's a there's, well there's a there's a massive gaping hole in the wall and the doll both the doll and the girl aren't there anymore um or i think i think what ends up happening again it's been a while since i've seen it but i think the doll is left in the room but I think the girl escapes. Um, and yeah, the girl escapes and I think the doll is left in the room because I believe they're separated. And they're like, oh, well, maybe the girl, you know, maybe she's not possessed anymore because the doll is still here. But what they don't realize is that the girl has the demon in her. The doll doesn't have it anymore. Because I think even one of the priests is like, I don't feel an entity in the doll anymore. Now you might be like, well, then how do we explain the doll being possessed again? Well, this is where it connects to the first Annabelle movie. And again, when you watch this, you get the urge to want to watch the first Annabelle movie because then you're like, oh, this is cool. Let me check out the other one. And it's like, no, 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 no. Pump the brakes. (laughs) Just this one. You will be severely disappointed. I promise you that. (laughs) Yeah. But what ends up happening is, you know, the girl can walk now, right? She was the girl in the wheelchair, but because she's possessed, I guess she can walk now. She's in a like a town and one of the girls, I think she ends up at an orphanage. Yeah, she ends up at a new orphanage, and uh, a couple, they decide to adopt her, and they're like, oh, what's your name? And the girl's like, oh, my name's Annabelle, um, and I'm like a nice chick or whatever. And so she claims to be, you know, the new Annabelle, um, but she's obviously, like, she's possessed by the demon, but she goes by Annabelle. And you fast forward. It's really cool. I love the way it connects. You fast forward, like, 20 years or so. And the couple that adopts her, they're in the suburbs and they're like, oh, you know, our daughter, ever since she's joined that one group, you know, she doesn't call us anymore or whatever. And the daughter comes back home and they're like, oh, my God, you're home. And she's like, yeah, I'm home to kill you guys. And she kills, you know, her adopted parents. She's possessed, obviously, still, but she kills her adopted parents. And this is happening next door to a wife and a husband who are expecting a baby and this woman the girl who claimed to be the new annabelle now that she's grown up she's a part of this group called the disciples of ram and after they kill after they kill her adopted parents they go on to the next house in the suburbs and we know where that goes right that leads right into the first annabelle movie where they attack the couple and of course 
that Annabelle chick, she now dies, and the her through her blood, I guess, the demon goes right back into the doll. You don't need to watch the first Annabelle movie to get all that. I think they do explain it at the end of Annabelle Creation, but it is really sick. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, it is really sick the way they connect it. And it's like, yo! Like, it rewards you for having seen the movies. So that's really cool. So you get a line of it. So you can see chrono- chronologically how the timeline works. Annabelle Creation leads into Annabelle. Leads into The Conjuring. After The Conjuring, you have The Conjuring 2. Everything makes sense. At least so far. Um, after Annabelle Creation, the year after we get a movie that was hyped up to be the big crescendo of the franchise. Um, the, per, the, the based off of the entity, the way that people, you know, were so hyped about Annabelle after her appearance in that first movie, people were hyped about the nun after her appearance in the second Conjuring movie. Enough that they decided to give her a movie. Now, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do because this was not long ago. This was like, what, 2018? Remember the hype for that Nun movie? That was crazy. A little bit. It w- there was a good amount of hype, I remember. Yeah, people were hyping this up. Like, this was like the second coming of Christ. It was crazy, dude. Like, it was everywhere. People were so excited for this damn movie. This damn Nun. Even people who hadn't seen The Conjuring 2. Like, they were like, oh, my God, like, that nun movie, though, like, she looks very freaky. So much so that I remember people, like, for Halloween that year dressed up as, like, the nun. Like, there were so many nun costumes. It was crazy. But people people were like, this is the next big horror, like, extravaganza, I guess. Now, box office-wise, yes, it did, like, a buttload of moon. I was going to say movie again. It did a buttload of money. But critically-wise... It is regarded as also pretty bad. Now, the Nun movie, when I first watched it, because people were like, this is one of the, this is horrible. When I first watched it, I didn't mind it. As a matter of fact, I was like, you know, it's not bad, but it's not, you know, amazing either. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'll rewatch it whenever. I recently rewatched it like about half a year ago or so. I don't know what I was thinking. It is actually bad. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe my eyes just opened up finally or something, but it is like, it's just, it, nothing happens in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something else. It's a waste of time. <laughs> now, now I'll give you, now there's a couple, now that being Like said, it's just her standing there menacingly. Yeah. That is exactly that. That is exactly it's the entire fucking movie to a T. You just you, I couldn't have described it better. It is I don't exactly think anyone that. even gets hurt. No one even gets hurt in the entire movie. Like not really. <laughs> You're you are correct, and no one does. Um, now, it is still way. Now, don't get me wrong. It is still better than Annabelle. It is miles better than Annabelle. Um, it is watchable. Annabelle is, I don't know how that movie's not, that movie's just not watchable. But The Nun 2, or The Nun 2, The Nun, sorry, is. So, if it's on, I'm gonna be honest, even though I don't really like it, I wouldn't mind watching it. I really wouldn't. Whereas the Annabelle movie. It's not something I would go out to watch, but if other people are watching it, yeah, sure, I'll watch it. Exactly that. Exactly that. Whereas, if, you know, if someone was watching the Annabelle movie, I would, <laughs> I would not stick around. 
there are a couple things that I will give props to the Nun movie for. First of all, the setting. I love the Eastern European monastery that it takes place in. I want to say Romania. I want to say that's the setting. Um, it is. It is. It is very awesome. It's a very cool setting, and I think that the nun fits perfect in that setting. I mean, again, like you said, she doesn't do much, but I I can't think of a better setting other other than yeah, I can't think of a better setting for you know a nun movie to take place in. Um, it is very creepy. Um, I guess aside from like the London setting from the second Conjuring movie, but aside from that, this this is a really cool setting. I love the visuals. I mean, it's not it's not crazy visuals, but like you know, just like the castle at night. Um, and I will call it's it always cast- spooky. Yeah, it always is spooky. spooky. Yeah. Um, and you know, so far we've only had you know homes in the suburbs, cities like London, but this is, and we've had a couple like homes in the middle of nowhere, like the first Conjuring movie. But this is a castle. Like it is literally a castle. And so the Nun movie, it's it takes place before all the other ones. This one takes place either late 1840s or early 1950s did i say 1840s sorry it either takes place late 1940s or early 1950s so the nun story let's get into it let's get right into it actually technically the storyline starts way before that it starts like hundreds of years before that like in the 1500s no 1400s whatever the mad 1300s i think basically what ends up happening is you've heard of the crusaders right during like their crazy wars over like the middle east and all of europe right basically what what ends up happening is there's a priest or a i think he's a priest yeah he's a priest and he's at this monastery or this castle in you know medieval romania and what they end up explaining is that he got a little too comfortable with the occult and through a couple of books he had with my grim wars he opened up a literal portal to hell in that castle what ended up putting an end to that is that like a group of like um like the churches like soldiers and whatnot they came in and they put a stop to the priest i think they killed him and what they did was they sealed the hole leading to hell and you're if you're wondering how the hell do you do that well, it turns out that they had in their possession the actual blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that one. Yeah, which is what the actual fuck? Like, why do you just have that? <laughs> yeah. So they put a couple drops of his blood into the hole and it like seals up, right? And it's been sealed for centuries. Now, I said this movie takes place late, either late 1940s, early 1950s. The reason why is because during World War II, they establish, uh, and I, this has to be one of the Eastern European countries, because they establish that the war ravages the places, they ravage the countryside. They ravage basically the areas around this castle, and a couple planes fly overhead, and they drop bombs, and that is what reopens uh, the portal to hell. So basically, the 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 battles of World War Two reopen the portal to hell in this castle in Eastern Europe. Now, the evil doesn't come out at once. I believe they explain that it starts to seep out, but the longer you know, the, as the years pass, it gains strength. So the movie takes place about a couple years after World War Two has ended. So now the evil has some more power. 
and it disguises itself in the form of a nun because that is what now inhabits the area. It's like a nunnery, right? It's a monastery. The nuns inhabit the place and they use it as a place of worship. Um, they just don't know that it also happens to be over a portal to hell. And so, yeah, that that that, that that's how Valak comes. It just happens to be a portal to hell. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's how Valak comes to be, right? And that's why it chooses the form of a nun. Now that that is kind of like exposition that you get later on in the nun movie, but I'm going, I'm putting it, I'm I'm put, I'm I'm pushing it out of the way. I'm giving it to you right now, kind of establishing the lore. So now we're in the late 1940s, early 1950s, um, and there's there's a, there's a nun, and there's only one nun left. She's like, there's a nun. <laughs> there's a nun. There is a nun. A nun. A singular nun. A singular, yeah, yeah, we're, a singular nun. Well, no more, no, no. fucking less. <laughs> Technically, yes. Um, the last living nun of the monastery, and she looks scared. And she's in her room, and you hear these footsteps of something approaching her in the dark. And you, she looks out into the hallway, and there's a really cool sequence. Um, and there's candles on either side of the hallway. And as this thing approaches, the candles start to blow out as the thing, you know, gets closer and closer. It's really cool. And the nun, the, the, the one that's alive, right? Obviously, the thing approaching her is the evil nun, Valak. Um, the nun that's alive, she decides to kill herself. She hangs herself. Um, and the nun of Alex like, oh, god damn it. There goes another one. Um, and she retreats back into the castle. And so we pick up with our protagonists. There's a young lady who's trying to be a nun. I don't know her name, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then there's a guy who, his name is Frenchie. Now, Frenchie, he, he, he's called Frenchie because he's French, obviously. And I believe he's there after World War II, right? part of the French troops, I imagine. He, basically what he does, because the monastery is in the middle of nowhere, he takes supplies from the village and goes up the mountains and uh, gives it to the nunnery. And he provides them with foods, supplies, and whatnot. On one of his trips to the monastery, he encounters that nun hanging from her window. And he sees it. Uh, or her, I guess. And, you know, he, he alerts the church. And he's like, yo, bro, there's like a dead nun hanging you know, from the monastery and the fact that no one's a, no one's like said anything about it makes me wonder if like whatever happened to the other nuns, you know, are they in there? Like, did, how the hell does nobody notice that? And so then they send out that young nun who's hoping to be a nun. Uh, I'm going to call her, I think her name is Sister Irene. Yeah, it's Sister Irene. Her name's Irene. And they send out a priest. I don't know the priest's name, but they send out a priest and they send out uh, Irene and they send out Frenchie. Frenchie's giving him a tour of the place. He's like, yes, this is where the nuns are at. Um, this is like the little refrigeration area where I put the food in. And then they come in through another door and they collect it. So that's how they enter the monastery. And they're like, well, where are all the nuns? You know, it's kind of empty. You'd think this all the nuns. Yeah, you'd think it's it'd be crawling with nuns, but like there ain't any. Until they come across like the head nun, like the headmistress of the place, I guess. And, and But she's, like, shrouded in darkness, and she's like, oh, what do you guys require? And he's like, well, we're here investigating, you know, the death of one of your fellow nuns. And she's like, I've not heard of that dead nun. And they're like, there's no way you have not heard of it because she was literally hanging over your doorstep. And she's like, oh, my bad. I don't know how we didn't notice that or whatever. But basically, whatever's 
shenanigans ensue. Like you literally said, the nun the nun appears throughout this movie, but she doesn't do anything. But it still looks cool. That castle at night, let me tell you, it looks pretty sick. But everything else is kind of bland and milk toast. As always. The three of them, the priest, Irene, and Frenchie, they are at the end of the movie, they're 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 coming across the nun, they're trying to fight her or whatever. The I don't remember whatever happens. Basically, oh, Sister Irene gets possessed by the nun, right? Because that is the goal of Valak. Valak's goal is to leave the monastery and go out into the world to do who knows what, right? But it's trapped. It's confined to the monastery. I don't know why. Maybe because of religious reasons, but it needs a host to leave. It needs to possess someone in order to leave. Which is why the nun killed herself because the nun realized if she became possessed by Valak, she would go out into the world and basically let Valak out of the monastery. So that's why she killed herself. And the nun was like, oh, darn, like there goes the last one. And I guess all the I guess the implication is all the nuns had done that. I don't know. Valak now has three hosts to choose from. And so Valak possesses Irene. But one thing they didn't count on was the blood of Jesus Christ. Again, they have it in this movie Um, like they never explain where it comes from they just have it like every church fucking has it (laughs) yeah and so they spit it out or something and the nun retreats and irene is unpossessed i mean there's a part you kind of see where the nun like tries to strangle frenchie but you know she's driven away um so the nun she's away you know we've defeated the nun We've sealed the portal to hell. I think they put like a couple drops in there. I could I could be wrong. I don't remember, but they've sealed the hole again, right? The nun is no more. Yay. So the three, Frenchie, Irene, and the priest, they leave, right? They go back to the village and they leave the monastery. But what you what they don't see is as they're leaving, Frenchie, he's like, Oh yeah, you know, we we did all good, but like my back kind of hurts. And what you see are these crosses that look like they're coming out of his skin, like they're embedded in it, right? And what she realizes, oh my god, he's possessed by Valak. And this is, again, really cool how they tie everything together. Frenchie is the guy that they were doing the exorcism to in the beginning of the first Conjuring movie. Remember how he had, there was that guy who had like looked like he had crosses embedded in him, and he looked into the eyes of Lorraine, and she freaked out? And you know how she said that there's an entity following her since then? Well, the nun used Frenchie to escape. And that's why Lorraine, ever since she saw the eyes of Frenchie, she's been seeing the nun because the nun is in there. The nun is now out in the world. So, again, it's cool how it's all connected. I don't know if you'd want to necessarily watch the entire nun movie to get all of that. But, again, it's cool nonetheless. It is pretty cool. But, like, I just wish it was a better movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Well, don't worry, we're not going to get one better because the next year, the following year, uh, in 2019, we get The Curse of La Llorona. This movie is a, this movie is abysmal. <laughs> um, it really is. Yeah, it is. I think it might be the, I don't know. I, it might be the worst one, honestly, Alex. It it might be the worst it, one. It is. It yeah. honestly is. Alex, so... Going into Curse of La Llorona, I mean, regard. Have you seen it actually? No, and I'd like to keep it that way. If I'm <laughs> being completely honest. Yeah. 
Um, but when you first heard of it coming out, right? Before, like, what were your expectations? I thought it was gonna be pretty cool. It seemed pretty cool, and then it just wasn't. Right. And I think I think unfortunately that's the that's the way with most movies nowadays. Yeah, that's true. So you mentioned before we hit started recording that Chris Leona is a movie that you know they kind of go back and forth between it being in the universe it maybe not being in the universe yeah so it's like there's that whole like i'm not gonna say controversy but the whole thing where they're like oh yeah it's not part and then like the movie came out and like a week after like oh yeah it is a rise it is part of the conjuring universe and it's like what (laughs) yeah And, and on the poster they put uh, from the producers of the Conjuring universe, because they want you to, they want to make you think that you know uh, there's some affiliation to it. But they also at first didn't want to outright say it, because I guess they themselves are even ashamed of saying, oh, "Do we have to put it in the universe though? Like that's gonna tarnish it even further." Now I'm sure you, as I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the tale of uh la llorona right yeah do you want to give our viewers i mean our do you want to give our listeners like a a, a, brief, a background of that story yeah so there's a, it's a really popular tale or it's not popular it's a really common tale in all of latin latin america latin, all parts of latin america latin america, <laughs> latin america. Uh, it, there's different stories for every like latin country you know ever from like mexico to even south america um and it's basically all of them revolve around this idea of a woman um, guts with like a man. And then usually the man leaves her and either out of like pure sadness or some of them is like she makes a deal with the devil. But it always ends up with her drowning her two kids. Um, and because of what she's done, she her soul is cursed to like roam the plane until they find the children's bodies. Which um, I mean, those kids are those kids are gone. So she's basically eternally cursed. I've heard of the tale, obviously. Um, but I, is this actually based off of an actual drowning, or is this just like an herbal legend that popped no, up and spread? Yeah, it's it's just a legend. I mean, it goes back like I think like over a hundred years, probably yeah. centuries. Yeah. When I think about it, I think of it like in the era of like the eighteen hundreds. Because, like, uh, w- uh, we went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights, like, what was it, last year? And they had a maze on Lionona. Not the movie specifically, but just, like, the legend. Do you remember that maze? And yeah. I-, I liked how they made it look, because it looked like an old Spanish-looking uh, building. You know, like like something out of the 1800s. And that's kind of the vibe I also envisioned in mind of uh, when that took place. Now, because it te- because the movie is set in the Conjuring universe... Like everything else, it's implied that it's based off of, you know, an actual thing. So in the Conjuring universe, that is, that's, you know, that's actually what happened. You know, a woman did drown her kids. As a matter of fact, I believe that's even, I think that's the opening of the movie. Uh, the the, yeah. the mother, the, the lady drowning her kids. Does she die as well, though? I mean, it's been, not the movie, but like in the legend. Does she die or like, um, does she drown herself? No, or? she, she- no, she doesn't die. She just she just becomes like a soul that haunts the rest of the earth, like. Right. I don't remember. This is the movie I am the most uh, this is the movie I'm I'm going to not remember the most because it I tried to forget it the moment I watched it. 
I, th- I don't remember if she dies in the beginning of the movie. Not that it matters, I guess. Don't watch it. If we cut back to... And I think it is set in the 1800s in the movie. Or early 1900s. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But the movie then... Uh, I think the movie takes place in the 1970s. So it's around the time of, like, the Conjuring movies. Uh, but I don't, I don't know specifically between which movies it fits. It takes place... I think in LA or in California, it, it takes place in this, in a, obviously a state that's kind of, I, I guess, bordering Mexico. And the story is about a, I think it's a, again, I might, I'm probably forgetting everything and getting all the details wrong. I think it's about a mother who has two children um, and she has the children locked in their house. They're two boys and uh, a police officer um, played by the chick who plays Velma. Is her name Belinda Cardellini? I could, I think that's right. The chick who plays Velma in the live-action Scooby-Doo movies, she's playing a cop in, in this. And she breaks into the home because they believe that the mother is, you know, like, like she's putting her children through, like, some emotional and mental abuse. But what she doesn't know is that the mother's trying to hide her kids from La Llorona. I don't know why the, I don't know why La Llorona's targeting this family. I, they probably explain it. I, I don't care enough to remember or look it up, but... The, the the cop lady separates the mother from the children, and I believe the children end up dying. I don't remember. But the curse ends up getting passed to the cop. And so the, the cop... Because, you know, he, he's he's a loser, you know. Is she? Uh, the, she oh, she, she, she's a loser. Yeah, she's played by Velma. Um, she has her, her, her children. I believe it's a son and a daughter, but I could be wrong. That sounds right. And because that's the, what it is in the story is is a son and daughter. Oh right. Oh, and like the the, the urban legend, right? Yeah, and the urban legend. It's it's typically a son and a daughter. Right. And they're being haunted now. And, and the mother, uh, the mo- the mother cop, she realizes, oh wow, like she was actually trying to protect her children, and I've like messed it up, and now my kids are being haunted by La Llorona. Now. It is technically a part of the universe, but it's the one that I feel like they tried hard not to connect it because they were like, oh my god, this is garbage. Jesus Christ. Like, halfway through, they were like, what have we made? So the only connection I can remember, because I remember it came out of nowhere, uh, there was a priest in the Annabelle movie that I said, remember that priest, because he will come up later. Um, his name is Father Perez. He's in Curse of La Llorona, the one who was trying to investigate the Annabelle doll case. And I believe this movie has to take place after that because I think he makes mention of it in this movie. So he does appear. I know that for a fact. So it takes place at least after the An- at least after the first Annabelle movie. So Which makes sense. Because yeah. the first Annabelle movie was, what, in the 70s? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think the 70s, yeah. Now, poor the actor who plays that poor um, priest, the dudes showed up in the two worst Conjuring Universe movies, Annabelle and uh, Curse of Lyodona. That dude's got um, the worst luck. But um, he shows up. I don't remember if he survives or not. Honestly, it doesn't matter. And I don't even remember if the children of this movie survive. If the cop lady survives, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> So I'm not going to be able to provide any resolution on that story. I guess if you guys want to know more about the movie itself, go look it up. 
I, I'm not suggesting you guys watch it, right? Because if you guys do end up watching it and hating it, don't blame me on that. Don't blame them. I, I'm saying right now, don't watch it. Uh, but, I mean, I guess look it up. Whatever. So, after the uh, both critical and financial failure that was <laughs> Curse of La Llorona, actually, I don't... It was very bad. I don't think it was a financial failure. I don't know if you want to look that up really quickly, Alex. I feel like because the Curse of La Llorona is well-known... I feel like it must have done a lot of mo- a lot of. I keep saying it must have done a lot of movies. It must have done so much fucking movie. <laughs> I feel like it must have done a lot of uh, money. Why have I? That's the third time I've messed that up already. That's 2019. Well, Conjuring fans, you're lucky because in that same year, just right months right after that, you get the third film in the Annabelle trilogy. And that is Annabelle Comes Home. Now you might be like, wait, what do you mean Annabelle was already at the Warren's house? Yeah, yeah, but but, but we gotta we gotta milk this doll, bro. We we gotta make some more moolah out of her. Milk this doll. <laughs> it um, made one twenty three million. I think that's pretty and... good. I don't know what the budget is. I mean compared to that. I mean there's See no the budget. There's no nine way. million. Okay, yeah, no, they made a, <laughs> I guess they made a profit, yeah. Uh, they, they made a good amount, yeah, it wasn't like, it, it's not necessarily a success, but it's not, yeah. yeah, they made money off of it. Yeah, so never mind, I guess it was a, I guess it was a success, not just not critically, I think critically it is regarded as the worst one, but, you know, it, it still made money, so. But anyways, in Annabelle Comes Home, uh, this one takes place between the two Conjuring movies, uh, between Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, because Annabelle is already in the Warren's house, right? We've already gone through all the shenanigans beforehand. Now she is secured in her box. So you might be like, well, what story do we have to tell? Again, just like the other two Annabelle movies, we've already done the story, the actual Annabelle case, in the beginning of the Conjuring movie. So just like those two stories that had to be made up, there's a third one. Um, they just keep making more Annabelle stories, regardless of their quality. And this one... You know, as they do, as they do. This one, it's not abysmal like the first Annabelle movie, but it's also nowhere near as good as Annabelle creation. This is the one that's... Out of all the movies in this franchise, it's the one that I think the word mid-best applies to. <laughs> mid yeah um i don't know whether to recommend it or not because i think it depends up to the person's tastes it's not as scary uh the tensions i mean there is no tension for me because it to me annabelle comes home it's like a goosebumps movie right it's it's just goofy and wacky not like it's not like comedic but like for instance basically so so the premise is the the Warrens, we've never mentioned this up until this point, but the Warrens, they have a daughter. I think her name is Judy. And uh, she needs to be babysat because I think the Warrens are going out on some case. I don't know. But the Judy's going to be home and she needs someone to take care of her. So they get a babysitter. And the babysitter, of course, like it's a horror movie out of the 80s. She has to invite her friends over at the spooky house. Because, you know, the home she's babysitting 
like apparently there's spooky things in there so you know her and her gaggle of friends open up the warren's basement you know the one where they have all of the spooky artifacts in annabelle and they i literally i literally i shit you not they touch every artifact in that room and i remember in the first they really do (laughs) yeah and i remember in the first conjuring movie uh ed warren's like no don't touch it don't touch the glass don't touch it you know that's the last thing you want to you want to deal with and like we've seen what some of these threats are capable of like it takes like the entirety of movie to you know overcome some of these demonic entities and basically the whole movie is they have to deal with the entire room full of demons like they like what the warrens struggled to do they're gonna have to deal with in one single night so they unleash through the Annabelle doll, because of course they open up the, the case. They unleash every single haunted thing in that room. And that's why I think it's that's why I compared it to like Goosebumps, because it does feel like something that you'd find in a Goosebumps movie. Um and why I say there's no stakes because like some of these things have killed people, but you know, it's just a goofy tale about these teenagers trying to survive the night. So it really I can't recommend it because it really, like I said, depends on your taste if you like your horror movies to be a little more serious and darker and scary this one isn't for you it's nowhere near as scary but if you don't mind like just a movie to you know pass the time i mean i guess you could do worse than annabelle comes home um there is a cool they they showcase a couple of the new you know ghosts and whatnot that are spooky from the room the only one that i remember is one called the ferryman and the ferryman is a they have like these coins right these coins from a case that the warrens investigated and i i'm sure this is also fabricated i don't think it's based off of a real case of theirs they were placed these coins are placed over the corpses uh the over a body's eyes right um and they do that because i guess in some mythologies right that that provides like passage to the afterlife right you give it to i think his name's sharon who's like the ferryman like in greek mythology right so that's what the that's what the ferryman is and so the ferryman he he, let me look him up for you alex because he i would i'll admit he has a pretty cool um he has a pretty cool design so as you can see he's like this i mean he looks like a ghost and whatnot but he has coins where his eyes would be imagine like the mother oh from... yeah yeah that's off um they they mention it i forget what culture it is that I has that i think it's greek mythology right yeah it's you put the coins on somebody yeah so here's a here's a close-up image of it that's what kind of what he looks like and he's yeah he's by far the the most interesting thing from the movie but Basically, to sum up the movie really quickly, because there's not much to talk about, because, again, I don't remember much about it. Um, they I think they play like a, a, a videotape of Ed Warren conducting an exorcism over, I think, the Annabelle doll or something. And that's what gets it to, like, finally shut up and stop. Which is the stupidest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that work? Yeah, I, I don't know. But they do manage to close and, and like. It, it really gets away from itself, I think, in terms of, like, the realism. Because so far, the movies, regardless of what, whether you believe in, you know, hauntings and whatnot, like, they're, they're kind of grounded, right, these movies? That's what makes them, I think, a little uh, gripping, right? But 
I think they introduce a werewolf in this movie. Like, it, it's like, what? Werewolves exist? Like, it, it starts to get a little wacky, but they do manage to put everything back in order just in time for the Warrens to come home and be like, how is everything? And, the and like, you know, the, the girls, they look at each other and I'm like, oh, it was an uneventful night. And, like, they wink at each other. Like, it's it's like one of those it was, movies. It was a crazy summer. <laughs> it is exactly that. It, it, it <laughs> and the, yeah, that that's Annabelle comes home. There's like nothing of consequence, and then you know, it, yeah, they can't do anything crazy because like, the Conjuring two is right after this. Um, so that's Annabelle comes home again. I apologize if maybe I'm forgetting something, but I just didn't bother. I didn't want to rewatch it because I I really don't care for it. But that brings us to the latest installment, the one that came out in 2021. That is the third film in the Conjuring mainline uh, series of movies. And that is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. <clears throat> now, I don't know too much about the real case of this. Alex, do you happen to know anything about the real case? No. I honestly do not. I've seen some things about it, but nothing like... It, it was apparently like a real case, and apparently... He did end up going to jail, but he wasn't, like, killed or anything. Right. Like the young guy. Yeah. So, he's apparently still alive today. Oh, he just, he, I mean, for obvious reasons, he doesn't like to talk about it. Yeah, I imagine I wouldn't either. Although, if you write a book on it, though, not you could probably make a little bit of money, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense that it's something yeah, that he's like, something maybe, maybe I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, um... So, uh, basically, the premise is, and by the way, it's this one is not directed by James Wan, and I think you can tell because it is easily the weakest, I think, of the three mainline Conjuring movies. It's just not up to par with the other two, and there is nothing as iconic as the nun walking down the hall of the Warrens' house in the second one, or whatever Bathsheba did in the first um, there's some cool things I really do like in this one, right? That's not to say it's without its own merit, but, like, comparing it to the first two, it is kind of a downgrade, in my opinion. But basically, uh, this is the one that they open up. You had mentioned this, uh, scene earlier. They, they open up where they're trying to do, like, an exorcism on this stupid kid, and, like, he grabs Ed Warren's heart, and he's like, let me give you a heart attack, old man. And, like, he gets a heart attack or something. Um, yeah, he just gets an heart attack. It's like, well, I guess that's one way to explain. Because he did have a heart attack. Yeah. He, oh yeah, he did. He did in real life. Yeah. Um, which did like weaken his health. But I mean, I didn't know demons could do that. Like, I don't think he actually got a heart attack in real life because of that. I think it must have been because of health reasons, right? Um, yeah. But they have a demon, like, give him a heart attack. And, and, like, the way that... It's so funny. By the way, this is a movie we actually have covered on the show. I think we did. So if you want to hear our extended thoughts on The Devil Made Me Do It, you can you can go check out that episode. So we might not talk a lot about it here, but just, just some brief points. The, the, demon, the, the demon that was in the kid goes into a young man because I think the young man's like, take me, take me instead of the boy. And so the demon goes into that guy, and they think, oh, you know, we, we've, we've solved this case. But what they don't know is that the kid who now has a demon in him, he's, I think, at his friend's house. Or I think it's a roommate, probably. But he ends up killing him. Yeah. And 
so he gets arrested. Um, and he, I think he's also engaged to like a, a chick, right? I think, I think they get married like in prison or something. I don't remember, but yeah, something like that. And then the Warrens are like, "Whoa, like that's not possible." And I think the guy's like, "No, like, like I, I was, I was possessed by a demon. Like he was trying to, you know, pass it off. Like you know, you know, as like it wasn't him." And that is kind of, I think, what they're that that's like the gist of what the actual um, investigation was on. Now they added an extra element that I think makes the movie better and i wish they had focused on this element more than what more than the actual like investigation more more i wish they had focused on this element more than what the story was actually based off of because i honestly don't care about the kid who's in prison trying to get away with saying the devil did it right that's what that's why it's called the devil made me do it because you know he's trying to say that a demon had him commit murder but the element that I really like, that's not a part of the actual investigation. They made up for the movie, and I think it is great. It's that there's this occultist. She's almost like a witch, right? But she, I think they call her the occultist. That's like her title in the series, in the movie. And she yeah. is dope. She has like, yeah, that, her story is like weird, too. Yeah. I also like her getup. She looks like she just walked out of like colonial times. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. But uh, the occultist, she's this lady who uh, uh, she's the reason that they make up in the in the in the movie. Right. This actually didn't happen. But she's the reason why the kid was possessed in the first place, because what she does. And again, this is all the part that they make up for the movie. And I wish they had focused on this more instead of the damn like 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 trying to get the kid out of prison she goes around to houses i don't know if you remember this and she puts these like witch totems underneath them uh and they look so cool do you remember the witch totems yeah they look so cool let me see if i can find them because they they're awesome something out of um the blair witch honestly yeah it it really did look like something out of the blair witch Basically, she goes around to these homes and she places these totems underneath the houses. And they I guess they attract the demons or they curse someone who's in the home. And so the person gets possessed by an evil entity. Um, and she does this. And apparently she's, I think, done this before. I think they, they do say that she has done this before. And I think, if I remember correctly, they do go into some backstories of some of her other victims. But I don't re- remember much about it because it's been a while since i've seen this it's been like a couple years uh she also places one in like a flower vase do you remember that they gift ed warren and then like they realize that there's one in there so like he's been cursed yeah i think there's a point in the movie where like he becomes like kind of possessing he's trying to kill um lorraine but there's a couple other things in here that also i think are really great and they should have had more of an emphasis on but they unfortunately don't focus on it there is a priest. He's a retired priest, actually. But the occultist is his daughter. She's his daughter. And so when they go to the priest the first time, I think at the beginning of the movie, they're like, he's like, oh, I don't know what any of that is, you know, because they're investigating the kid who killed his roommate. And they're like, and he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about like that. But but he's the reason why he he's, he's feigning ignorance is because he doesn't want to, I believe, put his daughter... Like, he doesn't want to basically out her as the one responsible for this. 
But they go into her backstory and his backstory. The priest actually dealt with the disciples of Ram. Remember that cult I had mentioned earlier? He apparently was instrumental. And they don't mention more. They don't go into detail on it. But they say, I believe, that he was instrumental in investigating that cult. And so the priest... He has his own version of the Warren's room where they have all these cursed artifacts, like all these demonic possessions. He has his own room of that, which is such a cool it's like a it's like a mirror version of what they do. And he has a daughter. And again, it is very much I think I think there were some thematic elements where they were trying to have his story mirror theirs because they have a daughter, too, and they often say you know that they worry about their daughter growing up in an environment where literally in their house they have like weird items and demonic you know uh possessions and they're they're worried about it and the father the priest he's had to deal with that because his own daughter has been fascinated with these uh items and so it is a twist on their on 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 Ed and Lorraine Warren because the daughter grows up learning and reading about the disciples of Ram. And all of the witchcraft that she's doing, that is their work. She's read up on their books. She's looked up how to do their rituals. So everything she knows about is 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 works of the disciples of Ram that the, that the priest has collected over the years. She's been going into the room learning about all this stuff. And I believe she eventually does kill the priest, her own father. Uh, the Warrens eventually find out all about this. They go to the house um, and they try to stop her. I think something happens to where they manage to... I think they break the altar because she has an altar. By the way, it's such a cool altar too. She's got like like witch, like witch witchcraft items on it and it's so cool. Uh, but, but they do break the altar, I think, which causes a demon. Because I think she made a deal with the demon that like if... I provide you with like a couple souls or whatnot using these witch totems like you will grant something for me. I don't remember what it was, but the, the demon yeah. like he like kills her, I think, because like, yeah, I, I remember that. And yeah, like it kind of resolves the movie and they go back to their home. Yay. The story's been wrapped. So basically, if you look at all these movies in order, they should go. None chronologically is the first one. Then it's Annabelle. Creation, sorry. Then it's Annabelle Creation. Then it's Annabelle. Then it's The Conjuring. Then it's Annabelle Comes Home. Then it's The Conjuring 2. And then it's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And somewhere in there, after Annabelle, you can place Curse of La Llorona, somewhere in there. But that's basically how those movies flow. Now, The Nun 2. Where do you think that takes place? Because I don't know anything about it. I don't know story-wise. I, I don't know. know. It's, it, I think it takes place in the same church. But I'm not sure. Oh, like like the, the, the Eastern European one? Yeah. Uh, between which movies do you think it takes place in? Because we know that the nun escapes with that French guy, right? But like, I think it definitely has to come by a few years after. Right. But because I'm not sure. That French guy. Like exactly when. He's he's that French guy. He's uh he's he's given an extra he's an exorcism is performed on him by Ed Warren, and that's you know when Lorraine looks into his eyes and sees that that the nun is there, right? 
So, I mean, it's yeah. not like the nun can escape from the French guy during that time. So, during the time from the nun to the first conjuring, like, I don't think it can take place between that. So, it's probably after the first conjuring, maybe? Or unless the nun leaves the French guy's body and at the end of the nun too, like, it just goes right back into him. But, yeah, no, I'm also, like, wondering, like, how does that fit, though? Because right now, not having seen it, I don't know where it fits. What are your expectations right now going into The Nun? Two. Honestly? I don't know. I mean, it looks better, but I'm, like, cautiously optimistic. Right. Um, I think we'll just honestly have to see. I mean, odds are it's not going to be great, but yeah, we're just going to have to see. There's no other choice. It's crazy because comparing this to The First Nun leading up to it i remember so much hype for that first nun movie people were dressing up as nuns for halloween that year you know people were going all out this was of course before they watched the movie then after they watched it they're like oh my god that's a ball of shit but you know people were excited for the nun movie i have not seen much marketing at all for the second one like i wouldn't have known that it was coming out if i wasn't like so tuned into the horror community like, I've not seen... A... Yeah, it's definitely really weird. I've not seen an ad for it on TV. I've not seen any, like, billboards. You know, normally you'll, like, see, like... You'll see, like, a bill, like posters about it on, like, billboards and whatnot. Like, I've not seen it at all. Yeah. Do you think that's a sign that they don't have faith in, the, in this movie? Uh, I don't think it's the best sign, necessarily. Right. Well... But I think we're just gonna have to see. I hope, at least... It's decent. Um, you know, I, I don't want to root for it being bad. I'm not praying for its downfall like I do sometimes. I actually am genuinely I actually genuinely want to see a good story, but you know, I guess we'll just have to see. Any other closing remarks you want to give on the franchise? What do you think about the franchise as a whole? I think it's gotten worse, honestly. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I think it's still relatively enjoyable, if I'm being completely honest. Right. It, it's it's a fun series to like look into delve into and like look up some things and be like whoa what's the real life version of this event yeah no definitely i think that's all fun yeah i mean i i have honestly for closing remarks i have the same thoughts as you it started off strong but now it's like i feel like it's just limping by i don't know i, I don't know what they're gonna do with the series but you know whatever I'll, I'll be there for the next one i guess all right <laughs> yeah basically that's a, that's basically the best thing we can say. I'll be there for the next one. Alrighty then. That's that that's our that's our explanation and in-depth discussion on the Conjuring universe as a whole. If you guys are if you guys want a specific franchise that we that you'd want us to cover, just let us know. We could we might do it. Maybe not, right? Uh, like if it's at, yeah, maybe not, maybe so. We'll have to see. Yeah, like if some, I know someone's gonna want to request that we do the Children of the Corn f- franchise. Uh, putting this oh, out there, God, no. we're not doing that. We are not doing that. Uh, you know, so again, we might, we may do them, we may not do them. Alrighty then. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time on the. Well, this is the Witching Hour. I guess we'll see you guys next time. Hell yeah. I am. We've been your co-hosts, Bobby and Alex. Peace. I love you. The Conjuring. And wait, what? Annabelle came after the Conjuring? Yeah. No shit. 
Okay, wait. So the Conjuring, the first one was about the 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 the, the, the movie, right? Yeah. No, wait, no. Wait, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was right. It's it was about the movie, right? The guy in his house, like uh, the tree in the backyard, the lady hanging. Yeah. And then the Conjuring Two was about. Remind me. Those are good friends in the UK, but but uh, the girl possessed, and then the nun is the villain in that. They're they're like in a flat in London. Remember remember that scene where he sings like that Elvis oh, song. Oh yeah, on the, guitar? the one we were talking about. Like the guys were chill, and it was like super cool. I think so. I don't know if that's the same one. What are you talking about? Well, the we're like this is just like a a guy movie, like guys hanging out. It like seems so genuine. Well, no, it was pretty terrifying too. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What movie was it that we saw that like the beginning half of the movie is basically them just fucking that's, around that's and being paranor- good friends? No, that's Paranormal Activity. This is the con. Oh, that was Paranormal Activity. <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> Remember they had the camera and they're just messing around the park. No, this is this is the yeah, conjuring. Dude, that was I fucking love that. Yeah, this is no, this is Ed and Lorraine Warren, the couple, the the, the investigators. Yeah, the, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're wrong franchise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold the fuck up, hold the fuck, up. hold. The... <laughs> Great. Conjuring. The Conjuring Two. Okay. Yeah, the nun is the villain. They're in the UK. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This bitch. And the chick. Is yeah, possessed. yeah. So like, and then she gives him a heart attack at the end that, of this that, one, right? No, that's the third one. Or that's the beginning of the third one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the beginning of the devil. Do remember the boys? Like, oh yeah, and this is the one where she calls the devil by their name, Valak. Yeah, yeah. That this is the one. Yeah, conjuring two. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You and then it. she gets. Yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, the crooked man and yeah, like yeah. she gets possessed. Yeah, I forgot okay, about cool. that. Yeah, oh yeah, and the old man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. now. And then the Conjuring Three, Devil Made Me Do It. I remember that one. Yeah. Annabelle. I don't think I ever saw Annabelle Two. Annabelle Two is the best. One. But is it really Annabelle Creation? Yeah. The other two aren't really worth watching. I, creation. I did see Creation. I didn't watch the original Annabelle, but I did see Creation. Oh, yeah. Creation's the good one. Yeah. That's the one I was talking about. I didn't watch The Curse of La Llorona. That one's abysmal. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah, The Curse of La Llorona was weird because, like, oh, it's not part of it. And then, a surprise. Yeah, it exactly. is. It <laughs> yeah. And then The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. We remember. Okay. Yeah. All righty. We're good?